The following audio message is from Neighborhood Church in Overland Park, Kansas. At Neighborhood Church, we seek to be a community that loves God and our neighbors together. If you would like to learn more about Neighborhood Church, please go to www.neighborhoodchurchop.com. Thank you for those who prayed and texted and checked on my shoulder. I have this, um, I thought, reoccurring shoulder dislocation that was an old problem, but it, it, re, um, it, it has come up again. So, um, so just so you all know, when we go for walks or we could just be talking and my, my shoulder could just pop out and you'll have to be there with me to help uh, just to prepare you all for that. It'll be a blast. It's, I have a lot of friends that we got really close putting my shoulder back in. Um, so many of you guys were, have been asking, and I just wanted to say thanks for praying, and it's, it's, it's okay. I keep my shoulder low. It's my microphone shoulder, so it's good. Um, I, uh, um, yeah, I, I went to a kindergarten. This is, the best, this is the best time for things like this to happen anyway. So I'm at a kindergarten field trip, and some of you guys were there, and I'm jumping on these big pillows that they have at these farms, you know, it's a big trampoline type thing, and at first I'm the only parent, I'm going, come on guys, it's fun, you know, come on, and of course I'm the, the old man that gets all jacked up and mess up my shoulder in front of a hundred kids and plenty of parents that are, that are thinking, what's that old guy doing out there? I was having a blast, I was having a really good time, and um, yeah, so but anyway, it popped out the next morning when I woke up, so I don't know if you guys heard that story, too, but that was pretty fantastic. Um, um, but I just want to let you guys know that um, the name of Jesus was said a lot on Tuesday morning. <laughs> we were, you know, been praying with like the, the Lord's Prayer or teaching the Lord's Prayer, and I was just like, Jesus, in your name, Jesus, Jesus. I was just like saying his name so much as this shoulder took three hours to go back in. But I, um, I don't want you to be scared. So if we're just walking down the road and something like that happens or something like that, just know we're friends. We do this for one another, and you just get to be my friend for a little while and put my shoulder back in. Um, something else that happened this week, I was, uh, um, I don't like to shop very much, especially shop for things that I'm only going to buy one of these for like for the next 10 years or so. And um, it was time for me to get a, a, a winter coat. Um, the last coat I bought was I think 2002. And it kind of like, is like the marshmallow look, you know, and I was like, nobody's wearing those anymore. So I, um, I decided to, to go coat shopping and, and, um, and, I went in, and, and, and I realized that, that I don't like to ask for help, right? And some of you guys in the room could be like that as well, where you walk into a place, or you're lost, and you're like, I'm going to figure this out. So this morning, we were talking about, um, you know, what it means to ask for help some. But I walk into this, this clothing store in town, and, and I go back to the department where there's, where there's coats, and, and I'm standing there. I've probably been there like 30 seconds, right? And somebody comes up to me and says, you know, how can I help you? And I was like, well... Um, uh, I, I'm looking for a, a new winter coat. Um, I have this gray fleece that most of you guys know I wear. It's like a Snuggie. You know, I wear this like five months of the year. So anyway, so I was like, I'm looking for a new winter coat. I've been wearing this, um, you know, every winter for like five months straight. And it's not good in like the, the wind or the rain. And, um, and I'm kind of slow at shopping, you know. And they're like, well, okay. Well, let me know if I can help you. I was like, okay. Kid you not, one minute later, somebody, new person, Hey, how can I help you? And I'm like, well, um, I'm kind of looking for a new winter coat. Um, I kind of wear this gray fleece. 
uh, like five months straight in the wintertime, and it's not good in like the wind and the rain, and, and um, I'm kind of slow at shopping and things like this. Like, okay, let me know how I can help you. I was like, okay. Kid you not. 30 seconds later, a woman comes up to me, and I'm just having fun. I'm like in Groundhog Day, right? So a woman comes up to me, I'm like, <laughs> I'm kind of smiling now. I'm like, yeah, I, I got, they got this whole skit going on now. I was like, yeah, I'm looking for a new winter coat, and I've been wearing this like five months, and it's not getting the winter rain, and I'm kind of slow at this. Kid you not. A minute later, a new guy walks out, and I'm like, this is awesome. So I do my whole bit again, and I'm really smiling. The guy thinks I'm crazy, so he walks away. He didn't even want to help me. You know, he's like, okay, buddy, you have fun with your slow shopping. So kid you not. About the, about the eight-minute mark, a new person, all these are five new people, right, comes. And I'm like, sure, I'll take some help. Just changed it up totally. Just changed it up totally. And the guy sat there with me. We talked about our kids. We talked about down. We talked about fiberglass. We talked about rain and moisture and negative 20-degree coats. He went behind and showed me some coats I didn't know existed. And then you know what I did? I walked out of there with a brand new coat. Thank you. Some of you guys are like me, right? You're looking at all these things, and they're, you know, these things are expensive. You want to buy a good one that will last till you die. You know, you're like, okay, I'm going to wear this every day for five months. And, and, uh, and um, you don't want to make the wrong decision because you don't have that, that gut feeling like you pay for it, and you walk outside, and you're like, ah, I should take it back. You're like, you, I didn't want that, you know? But this guy was super helpful. Right? And he really did want to help me. And I'm sure all of them did, um, but I was kind of fighting back a lot. And, and maybe you guys are like that in, 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 in your lives in different ways. But um, I started thinking, why don't I want people to help me? Especially when I got to make decisions like this. And, and I think the first thing for me was I didn't want to bother people. I mean, I know when I walk in, there's like three people being paid there to help me. They have a button that says, how can I help you? And there's a whole desk of people not doing anything but waiting for people to ask them for help that says, we're here to help. But I'm like, I don't want to bother them. They're probably doing stuff that's important. You know, a second thing is maybe um, I don't want people to think I'm like dumb or like super needy. It's like, I can't buy a coat. Will you help me buy a coat? Or, you know, it's like you, you feel kind of silly. You know, like there's all these coats. And you're like, well, which one do you want, sir? You know, I don't want to, you know, I, I, I don't want to kind of maybe save face a little bit. And thirdly, I was just thinking um, sometimes um, we get satisfaction just doing it alone right? Kind of like the self-made man, the stories of like, this person rose from nothing to greatness and nobody helped him ever. You know, like, is that really ever a true story? I don't know, but it's like there's these, there's, there's these seasons of life where it's like, oh, he did it all by himself. But today, we're going to talk about the Lord's Prayer, the second half, and it's all about asking for help from God and saying, God, we need you. We need your help. Right? So I hope that maybe some of these things that maybe you fight against in getting help, um, you, can, you can learn through them. So let's, let's read together, together Matthew 6, 9 through 13. And this is the Lord's Prayer. We'll be focusing on the second half this morning. Jesus says, Pray then like this, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Let's pray. Father, as we look at this passage, how you're teaching us how to pray, we ask just like the disciples did when they were with you. Lord, teach us to pray. 
Father, we ask that your word continues to be the main arrow in our life to point us towards how to live for you, how to invest in eternal treasure, how to live a life that really matters. We ask all this in your name. Amen. So we can just keep that passage up there, 11 through 13 throughout. That's what I'm going to be speaking on today. Uh, last week, we talked about the first half of the passage, though, um, how in Jesus' model of prayer, that um, this first half is very similar to the Ten Commandments. The first half talk about, you know, God and our relationship with him, and the second half I'm talking about our relationship um, personally with him or with others. Um, in the beginning is all about God's identity and, and his kingdom and his will. So first we talked about um, that God's identity is our heavenly father, right? There's this majestic heavenly space that God lives in, right? He's majestic and mighty that he created things out of nothing. And we talked about his name and his character, a father, and how that's close. So this mighty, huge God wants to be close to us just like an earthly father could be. So we should remember who God is and remind, be reminded of that when we talk to him. We, that's who we're praying to, a powerful, mighty God that wants to be our loving father. Secondly, we talked about how his kingdom is the focus in our prayers, that as we pray, we want to be reminded that it's his reign and his rule. Those are the things we're praying for as we're asking and talking and reminding ourselves, and that's the direction of the conversation. And thirdly, we talked about his will. That's his desires should also be our desires. And do we really believe that if God's desires happen, it's actually the best for us as well? Like we wouldn't want to live in a world where all human desires win and God's desires are second? That would be a horrible existence. What's the movie where Ace Ventura types in yes to all the answers? What's that guy's name? Yep. Bruce Almighty, he says yes, and everybody's email, everybody gets a yes. Like, that's not the best way to live life, right? Why did I call him Ace Ventura? What's his name? Jim Carrey. Oh, my gosh. That's like his name's not Ace. That's not right. All right. All right. So we all believe that his will and his desires are better than ours, right? Better than ours. So the first three are about God, and these next three are about our well-being. And you may have come today going, I don't, am I praying to God about my own personal things correctly? And my hope is that the, the Lord's Prayer, as Jesus designed, and this, the, the talk today will be helpful for you so that you'll know how to do that um, just more clearly the way uh, Jesus has taught. So we're going to start with verse 11, give us this day our daily bread. And we're going to look at these words in backwards order. So bread, right? Let's look at the word bread. Well, bread's simple. It's ordinary. The great God that we just prayed to, we honored, we said, your glory be above all things. We're saying, hey, we eat bread. Like this basic, simplistic part of our existence. Food, our health. And yes, God wants to, we want in life, God wants us to go to him when catastrophes happen, when utter chaos goes on, right? But he doesn't want to be limited to that. Remember, he's our father. And I was, I was, I was thinking, I was like, as a father, I don't want my kids like to come to me with like a Capri Sun and they can't get that straw in there. And I'm like, away, young man. When you decide colleges and spouse, 
come to me. But until then, wait. Now, we, we want to help our kids with Capri Suns, right? Why is that? Because that's our identity as father, right? I'm a genius to my kids. I can't get the little thing in there. Like, but I can, son. Every time. I don't go through it anymore. I don't go through it. I go through the top. That's right. But that's the way that God wants to be because when you go to God in those smaller basic necessities of life, Father, give me, give me bread. What we're saying to God is like, do what you do best. Take care of me in the little things as well as the bigger things. That makes sense? Secondly, the word daily. He says this daily bread. So he's focusing on the dependence. This is where the analogy of parent does shift a little bit for us, right? There is a day when most of our kids, hopefully, will leave their mother and father, right? And be joined to another and become adults, right? And it's in that season where as a parent, you, 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 you gladly pass on that. But for God, the Father in heaven, there's never a day where God says, you have arrived until you stand before him. And he says, good and faithful servant, right? We continuously need God. And we've talked the last year multiple times over being an independent person, being a dependent person. And what God wants us to be reminded of in this prayer is that our daily bread, what our needs are right now, and it fits really well with the talks that we heard um, earlier about not being anxious about tomorrow. But let God take care of you today. Lean on him. It's very important in this idea of being dependent. And thirdly, this won't be new at all, but you can see it says our daily bread. And until studying it just here recently, this last month or so, the Lord's Prayer, I didn't recognize how community-based this prayer was. Here's that word again. It's not give me my daily bread. And I hope that you've thought of this before, and I hope that our prayers can begin to, to better align with the way that Jesus Christ has taught us to pray. Jesus is reminding us, even in teaching us how to pray, that we belong together. We have a spiritual family. We have brothers and sisters, and we should be praying for their daily bread, as well as our own. I was listening to a, an Ask Pastor John. It's a John Piper um, kind of podcast where he answers questions people write in. And he was just kind of just being just real clear about like his own personal just sinful state in, in John's life. And he's a great pastor. But he says, he, he's saying the, the, main, the main struggle for him in, in, in doing the scriptures correctly is the greatest commandment. What's the greatest commandment? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And love your neighbor as yourself. And I just begin to think through that, right? As John's kind of confessing, I don't think of others as much as I think of myself. I don't pray for others as much as I pray for myself. But here in Jesus' prayer, he's saying, pray for our daily bread. And as a community, my hope is that we begin to live this way. That not only think about like our own needs of our own family, but are you daily thinking about somebody else's family? And even collectively making these words from my to our, even when they're general. Just so we begin to learn like this Christian life isn't just about you. It's about your community, your brothers and sisters. 
So the next section of the Lord's Prayer, going from our daily bread, he goes into this idea of being forgiven of debts or sins. So as we continue to see this family mindset, it's like, and forgive us of our debts as we also forgiven our debtors. This word means sins, and we continue to remember our sinful state when we pray to God, and Jesus is, you know, begins with this first ask about, you know, our needs, our basic needs, but then goes right into holiness, right? The second two that we're going to talk about today are holiness. What has our existence been like in the past, and what's our existence going to be like in the future when it has to do with sins? We're to continually remember that we are dependent on a forgiving God. So we go to God and we say we're sorry. Because we realize who we are. As Eric was so eloquently said today, we, we have a need. This, this heart problem of sin separates us from God, but Jesus draws, draws us close and he forgives us of our, uh, forgives us of our sins. 1 John 1, 9. It's a passage that you may not know where it was, but it's a familiar passage to maybe some of us in the room, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. What's that? If we confess our sins, it shows up there, even in John's letter. As, you asking, as you're asking God, forgive you for your sins, are you thinking through the sins of those around you? Not people who have sinned against you, specifically. Just that other people around you are living in sin. And you're like, God, forgive them. That's the kind of community I want to be a part of. That's the kind of community that Jesus Christ is saying, this is how we should talk to God as a community. We can gather today church that confident that Jesus's death on the cross satisfied all judgment for all the sins of all those who received Jesus. Jesus Christ's death was enough. And knowing that with confidence, we can go to God saying, God, forgive us of our sins. And what we're recognizing there is who God is, the forgiving, merciful God, and who we are, the sinful son, the prodigal, He's going back to the Father saying, I'm sorry. In the second part, he connects it with our relationship with one another. Right? Forgive us of our sins, our debts, as we have forgiven given our debtors. So you can't approach the Father like everything's fine when, you're, when you and his kids are all mad at each other. Because it's a family. And God wants us to unite and correct and forgive those that have sinned against us. There's not this, this free, like, yeah, no matter what's going on here, this is free. Like, we're going to stay together. God's like, no, that's not the way this is designed. Even Jesus Christ, when he, he is here, when God was here, he's saying, forgive us as we forgive others. They're connected somehow, church. They're connected. And this isn't a new thought. Matthew 5, 7, the Beatitudes. Blessed are the merciful, for they will receive mercy. This, isn't, this is all over the New Testament. So we talked about praying to our Father for our basic needs, 
that our Father wants to hear about every single one. And we've talked about this idea of this, this idea of holiness, that our sins are forgiven, and we, we keep going to the cross. We say, Father, I've sinned. Forgive me. And we know because we see it through the lens of the cross that Jesus Christ sees us as righteous. And then we've talked about how other people's sins and how people sin against us, how we should forgive them as a sign and a model and also a way to understand the forgiveness God has for us. So we should be a merciful people. So to verse 13. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. So this idea of lead us not into temptation, like this probably isn't a phrase that you kind of manipulate or change or even say very often unless you're actually saying the Lord's Prayer. And maybe you do. But it can be a little confusing, right? Does God tempt us? We're saying, God, don't, don't lead me into temptation. But let's look at a couple other passages, okay? You don't have to flip to these. I'll just read them. One's in James 1.12. It said, Blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trial. For when he has stood the test, he will receive a crown of life, which God has promised to those who love him. James 1.13. Let no one say he is tempted. I am being tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted with evil, and he himself tempts no one. Each person is tempted when he is lured and enticed by his own desire. So our temptations come from the flesh. In Romans, as you read through Romans, you see there's this battle between flesh and spirit. We're redeemed, but we have these, we're in these earthly bodies, this earth suit still, and there's this, there's this contrast between the flesh and the spirit, and sometimes, this isn't new, I don't need to convince you of this, so yes, sometimes we start leading this way, right? We drift, we want to be selfish, we want to be about our own kingdom. That's what James is teaching here. It's, it's, it's each person is tempted when he is lured and enticed by his own desire. And Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 10, 12, Therefore, let anyone who thinks that he stands take heed lest he fall. No temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. God is faithful, and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. But when the temptation, he will also provide the way of escape. Amen? When temptation come, God will also provide a way to escape. Now let's read this passage. And lead us not in temptation, but deliver us from evil. So this part of the passage, what Christ is saying, is God, we know you're a faithful father. We know that the temptation is part of this earthly existence. Allow us to learn how to trust you and defeat temptation. When we fight and win Jesus, we know that it's you delivering us. Father, thank you for helping us. Thank you for being our helper in fighting the evil of this world. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. So before I close, I just want to spend a little time in prayer. And I'm just going to say a few things um, to kind of guide us through each of these sections. But let's just have some community prayer. Pray, pray silently. You don't need to pray out loud. But what I'd like to start with is like, like we just have a, a time this morning, about a minute or so, 
where you just begin to, to talk to your father and think about the needs you have and the needs of those around you. And you say a lot of us and ours in your prayer. And then we'll pray for forgiveness. I know we had a time of confession earlier, but maybe there's some forgiveness that you need to give to another brother or sister in your life right now. And you can do that right now. You can forgive people when they're not here with your heart going to God. God, because you forgave me, I can forgive them. And lastly, about future sin. Talk to God and say, God, help me in this area. I tend to drift in these environments. So let's pray together, and I'll kind of guide us through these different sections, and then we'll close. Our Father in heaven, your glory is amazing. Your name is amazing. The weight and value of who you are is amazing. It's beyond words that we could even say. Our powerful creator has adopted us into your kingdom. And because we're in your kingdom, Jesus, because you've received us as children, you've asked us to come to you. And right now as a community, we're going to pray for our daily bread. Father, give us what we need today. Take care of us today. May we never forget you. May we be dependent on you tomorrow. Feed those who can't, who don't have food today, who can't go to work today. Provide. Provide for our community, Jesus. Next, we pray for our sins and those that have sinned against us, that forgiveness would be understood and given freely, that we be a merciful people. Father, make us merciful, full of mercy. And lastly, Jesus, we pray as temptation comes in the future, as temptation comes today probably at some point, that you would deliver us and may you be glorified when we say no to this world and we say yes to you, Father. Prayer now for 
areas of your life that you need freedom and deliverance. And all God's people said, Amen.